From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yeah. According to our mothers. God. Uh, thank you, Gordon. I haven't heard yeah. that one in a minute. Rick hasn't been around. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot of support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at uh, homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link and join, uh, at the bottom of our homepage and join today. And while you're at our homepage, uh, go ahead and click on that patron link or go to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron. I'd like to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, Hoffenbrell Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson and Phil Feldman. Um, and then also uh, go ahead and check out our store. Uh, you can click on the store link at blindinstudios.com or go to teespring.com slash store slash blindinstudios. All right. Uh, yeah, so we have we have Gordon. Uh, he finally made the trip from uh, his or from Studio EC is what we're calling it now. Um, yeah, Gordon has like he's got he's got a legit studio setup going up yeah, over there yeah. now. So I'll have to show you pictures afterwards. Yeah, oh definitely. So where about in Eau Claire are you? Technically Altoona. Oh, okay. If you go like four yeah. blocks over, yep. it becomes it's Eau Claire. It's Altoona. So or yeah, 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 yep. And and it's it's nice because I'm just far enough off the main drag that's not too busy. It's quiet there, and there's a nursing home across the street, and they're not really causing any ruckus parties. Yeah, a little bar you can stumble to. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. There's a few. That's important. When I was looking for my home, <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought a home in a village of 265 people, and I was like, if there's not a bar there, it's a no go. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a long walk, but there's a the district downtown. It's right by the Pablo yeah. Center. They have the best Thursday and Friday night fish fries. Oh, or is it nice. Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday. either you, way. People should, I don't know if this is a thing, Any like, I'm assuming it's a thing in other places other than Wisconsin. No, I but. think the fish fry thing is, is a very, like, upper Midwest thing. Do you think yeah. so? Yeah. It is. It's like Thursday, Friday, Friday, like, fish fry, a big deal. Yeah, yeah, the Friday night fish fry is definitely a upper Midwest And thing. then usually perch, like a specific kind of perch is the best, but they, it's all across the board, different arguments about different kinds of batters and methods and... What type of fish? There used to be a place over south of Green Bay by about 30 minutes. I think it was called the Eagles Club. They did catfish, beer battered catfish fish fry. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. Usually well, a white fish. Though, as, as, as much as I would love to anyway, do, yeah. a, uh, Sorry. do an entire <laughs> podcast on fish fries. Unfortunately, we have to talk about beer today. It's like context, because if I were listening, I'd be like, I know. what the fuck? I know, I know. Anyway, so what are we, what are we, uh, which one are we doing here uh, today? We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to be talking about fly sparging versus batch sparging, oh. uh, doing a re-examine on that. But first, Brian, what have you been up to brewing lately? Brewing lately? Nothing. Beer, beer related. Beer related. Uh, God, I don't know. Like beer related, not not a whole lot. But like as far as stuff at the the brewery goes, um, this is another like somewhat off topic. But um, kind of dealing with the the boiler with the steam plant, and then we've got a technician coming up to the brewery to look at the canning line the, at the seamer specifically. So not so much. Um, beer or really brewing just related, but just like maintenance around the equipment, which I think is something that, that home brewers have to do as well. So, yeah. yeah. Do you get a slow season to kind this of do is that it. kind of stuff? Yeah. And yeah, and that's why. <laughs> I was just curious because you're right there on the border and everybody's yeah. been coming into town for Christmas and everything. Yeah. Well, and they decided to open up a new brewery in their slow season too, so... <laughs> 
Um, though, if you have not listened, uh, so last week uh, we had uh, your new brewer, uh, Jason. Jason Paul. Yeah. Yes, ah, I remembered it. Uh, on um, and make sure you listen to uh, that episode of Hop and Barrel Happy Hour as well. Yeah, uh, he's he a fantastic bright, uh, on that. He's a bright dude. Uh, yeah, um, and then uh, let's see. I have. I, yeah, Brian, what about you, Brian? Brian, I brewed a beer. No way. Yeah, I did. I did. I brewed a beer. Yeah, uh, like see that the 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 kettle or the wasn't your brewzilla? Yeah, my brewzilla is sitting over there. It's it's back in the garage where it belongs. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, uh, I brewed a double IPA. Um, the rebrew for the Every Style Challenge. You know how I feel about double IPA. Yeah, and this is classic West Coast style. What do you got recipe wise? Man? Um, I am working on pulling that up right now. Let's see. Do we have? Does it show me percentages? Uh, you know, I think I need to just save that, go back, pull up my recipe. I I had the the thing up because I had a bunch of all right, uh, eighty eight percent two row from raw, mm-hmm. uh, six point eight percent victory malt, breeze, and five percent uh, dextrose. Nice, yeah, very simple, very yeah. Um, and then uh, did. Uh, 93 IBUs of Warrior using the Tinseth uh, calculator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, so 93 IBUs of Warrior uh, at 60 minutes, and then uh, basically did a hop stand uh, with Citra and Simcoe, um, and then going to dry hop with Citra and Simcoe as well. Classic. I can't wait to drink that one, man. I am very excited to drink it. Um, fermented uh, 1056 uh, Y-East. At uh, 64 degrees. So it'll be, you know, nice, slow, or real cool ferment. Um, numbers were uh, a little off, but in the right direction. Okay, so higher. Yeah. Um, I wrote Really? The, I, what do you I, think? I wrote the recipe for um, 75% efficiency, and I ended up with 83. Jeez. Um, yeah. Do you think that has to do with... Um, an experience on your equipment set? Um, I, you know, I, I'm right now I'm chalking it up to, well, so it could have been a few things. It could have been, I was paying way more attention to stuff, uh, because of like, I wasn't in a hurry. It's the first time brewing in a while. Like, so I, I was, I was more focused than usual. Okay. I wasn't really lackadaisical. Um, the other thing I did is like, I prepped a bunch of stuff like the night before. So there was nothing rushed on brew day. Interesting. Um, yeah, I was. I, it was very like I wasn't. I wasn't sure why. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I was shooting for. Uh, let's see, an original gravity of ten eighty. I hit ten eighty six. So nice. And then you're trying to get. Did you put it? I'm sorry. Did you you put yeah decks in there. Yep. Okay, so that'll help get it a little dry. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're shooting pretty low. We're well. So final, um, so final ABV. We're we're gonna be over that nine percent mark. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. We'll see how that goes. Uh, nice, Gordon. Not a whole lot right now, though. I had a two part question, and Brian, you can chime on, chime in on this one. So I was out and about with a friend, and they have like their Christmas beer special thing, and one of the beers was supposed to be a peppermint white stout. 
and I sent pictures to Casey, it was... That's, that's cool. That would sell really well seasonally, I think. Yeah, yeah. but it was blacker than a lump of coal. Oh, um, I think I have... Uh, did you send those text or over... The text, I think. Okay. And it was nothing peppermint about it. I mean, coffee. There's so. the uh, there's the white stout that for you, Brian. Oh, that's not a white stout. Yeah. <laughs> so I ju- I didn't I'm the, I told the bartender I'm like hey I'm not complaining here it's a solid beer but it's just not a white stout like what's going on and they went and looked at the beer cooler and it was labeled as a white stout but poured not and made sure the lines were hooked up correctly blah blah. So just curious like who does that fall on from there I mean is that the restaurant the distributor the brewery that- I mean, who's supposed to take the fall on the blade for that one. Meaning, I'm sorry. Uh, the the keg was mislabeled. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Who, uh, well, definitely the the brewery. Because this seems, I imagine, you know, a commercial brewery in this one, I don't know how big they are. I, can, uh, I have to look up who it was. But assuming a, a larger brewery, you're doing in big batches. Like, how do you go white stout, white stout, white stout? Well, what beer did it stout, end up white stout, being, white stout. do you think? Uh, it was a Java Porter, Java Stout, something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, someone at the brewery wasn't paying attention. But I imagine you're labeling all the kegs from one batch at a time. So yeah. I don't know how it, you it, have that kind well, of brain fart. It might have been a... It might have... I don't, you know, and I don't know what their setup is. But I know we, we've got a, a manifold that fills four kegs at a time. And we have two bright tanks, so yes, sometimes, not very often because of our size, but my guess is that they were probably filling two... Like two separate... Yeah, they probably had two bright tanks that they were trying to package that day, and it just it just got mixed up. And yeah, I mean, like, that does happen, um, hopefully, like, very, very rarely. <laughs> uh, but it's it's interesting, too, because... It's such an uncommon style. It's becoming a little more common. You see them a little bit more now. But this white stout style, this is like it's created as a result of omitting any kind of dark or roasted malts at all from the grain bill. But you, you're going to replace them with like cold steep coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, stuff like that to make it kind of mimic, you know, or uh, lactose too is another one. And so a lot of times... You know, you'll put these different sugars in there and things like that. So while it's not going to be dark brown like the picture you showed me, it'll have a little bit of color to it. Um, I guess our white stout is kind of like yellowish brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did find a keg of the right one. Yeah, and, and then what, on and the, I what did it look that. like? Then? Like a white stout, like okay. you'd expect. I mean, yeah, not quite straw, but very so, yellow. We could, that's a whole, like, not a whole episode, but... I, I mean, mean, we could do a white stout episode. I think we, that is an episode. Okay, cool. We'll do that sometime. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the, it the whole idea good. of, um, you know, heavier bodied beer. Like, what what's our mash temperature on, like, a heavier bodied beer? Like, what do we always say is the acronym? More alcohol, less temp. So uh, we're going to we're gonna mash in, what, much, much higher. Yep, yeah, more, more body, more temp. Mm-hmm. Right? More body and then get these big sugar chains that are going to stick around, and then we'll add something unfermentable like lactose. We'll add, um, probably likely add some kind of like cocoa nib, or you could you could certainly add a white chocolate to the whirlpool or something like that if you wanted to get a little crazy. Um, brown sugar would probably work well too. Um, Give it like a molasses-like molasses. character. Yeah, so you just want like a really heavy-bodied beer, and it's it's funny when we make our white stout or that Paul and Babe's beer that we make. 
Um, the the carbonation is it's kind of wacky to carbonate it like it takes longer because it's such a viscous beer too. So that's another thing to well, think. Well, that about. one pours fun too because it it's like it, syrup coming it out pours of the tap. Like <laughs> syrup when you pour it out of the tap, it's it pour, it looks slow. Um, so yeah, we should yeah let's circle back and do an episode on that because we got stuff to talk about. Today. Yeah, definitely. The, the other part of that question, well, it led to a discussion that day with my buddy, and then me and Casey we were kind of talking about it earlier. Uh, brewing to style and not necessarily like oh we have to follow the BJCP guidelines it, more of if you in my case it was marketed as a uh, maple Maybach and it was a coffee brown ale bordering on stout mm-hmm. and it's like how do you there's some steps in between there that I feel like to get to those two very distinct styles how important? I'm just curious. Am I just being a beer nerd? Yeah. So we, we've we've we've, we've 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 had we've <laughs> yeah. actually had this uh, discussion a few times on the show because it it comes up quite often. Yeah. Like, how important is it to to like do a style? And it comes down to it's more important to sell the beer than to hit a style. Yeah. Well, I, I and I realize, but I think it. Some point, quality control has to come in there, and you go, mm, "This isn't." But they're uh, so, but si- so styles aren't pr- uh, aren't protected. So if you make a right. Maybach, but it could pass for like or like or like the the big thing is like, oh, it's a like an imperial lager or whatever, right? You market it as that instead of right. But they didn't even try to market it different. They just slapped the maple Maybach on their label on it and said, "Here you go." Hmm. When it was something completely different so it's like why not at the brewery at that point go whoops we accidentally made this instead we should probably call it that <sighs> yeah i don't know man i guess breweries do funny things like sometimes they act, they have an infected beer and they release it as a sour because they can't lose the money on it i don't know we've heard of that before mm-hmm. But I don't know. I wouldn't worry about brewing a beer to style unless you're trying to, unless you're trying to, to and yep. and it works in your market because we've got beer and that we sell in Hudson. We sell a hand over fist that doesn't sell in other markets like Rochester or St. Cloud. Or they're just different. So, anywho, calibrate time here. Uh, we're opening up the 312 Goose Island Urban Wheat. I'm not going to drink a whole bottle. Oh, yeah, so. I'm not either. Go ahead and split yeah. it with me. I will. Not to cut that convo short, but, yeah, no, we could. Nice. It's, they they mislabeled it, and that's life, and move on. But, yeah, you are a fucking nerd. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Sorry for the swear. <laughs> Goose Island. This is the wheat, right? Yes. So uh, this is that. It's classic. It's got the goose on the neck, and it's a uh, yellow label. 18 right. IBU, 4.2% alcohol by volume. Uh, yeah, fine. I will put in... So this is almost a 3-2 beer. Uh, almost. It's 4-something, isn't and it? And it's technically... They, they label it as a wheat beer. There's a big square bot. Well, it's not yeah, that So this is, this is saying um, style urban wheat ale. Uh, which, going back to Gordon's thing, isn't a real style. Um, (laughs) 4.2%, 18 IBUs, uh, hazy straw, hops, uh, Millennium, Cascade, Hollertau, uh, malts, two-row and wheat. That's it, huh? Yep. Okay. I like it, so, speaking of being a nerd, I like it when they give us at least, like, not necessarily percentages, but just, like, what's in there. So you can kind of get an idea of what you should be looking for. What? Oh, yeah, patented beer light isn't on. What? Ah. 
<laughs> you know, I tried to get the technician. He's like Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> Lame. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, so we're, we're looking American wheat, so it's very clear for, got, for a wheat beer. There's a little bit of... There's a, you're, you're right. It's uh, There's a, a smidge of haze to it, but not much. Like an, as much as I would imagine would be in this style if it were a style. Which it does say in the bottle. Lemon, bright, lemony, and a bit a bit hazy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so Goose Island uh, is at least stateside, available everywhere. Um, not sure what their presence is like outside of the country. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys. My head dissipated very quickly. Which I don't mind hanging around. Okay, it might so be maybe, just the maybe glass. glass. Yeah, yeah. It's Gordon's. Oh, Gordon strong poured his. So yeah, it it <laughs> it was there for about two seconds. Um, aroma's very light, little lemony. I like it. Uh, grainy, definitely grainy malt character for sure. Definitely lemon. More like a lemon grass than uh. Definitely lemon grass. Yeah. There you go. Very good. Yeah. Oh, damn. This is not bad. Yeah, this is very, like, so, Gordon, you said the other day you had this and it was served with a slice of lemon. Yeah, well, oh, it was a long sorry. time ago. We were down oh, okay. in downtown Minneapolis and the bartender, without prompt, just poured me a glass and, and threw a wedge of lemon in it. And it's like, ooh, this is this is nice. <laughs> I'd, I'd try that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is it's, it's very, very light, very refreshing. There's, like, almost like a lemon water, like... Yeah, we could crush this by the pool next summer for sure. Definitely. Um, body. I mean, it's the the carbonation seems pretty high. Like it's very effervescent on my tongue. It is, but I don't. I think it's still got a yeah pretty decent amount of body to it. I'd say medium to high, more towards medium. Maybe more like medium. Maybe I better slow my roll. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. Calm down. <laughs> high body on this? I don't think so, Brian. Uh, medium. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend this. Uh, I think if you see it, like this is good. Give, give it a shot. Do we know? Like, uh, I suppose there is not anybody in the. Is there anybody in the chat? Uh, yeah, uh, Andy is in the chat again. UK uh, Andy. UK Andy, can you get this? Um, where you are? We'll see. We'll, uh, wait, yeah, wait, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for his response. Well, that's that's bad. Air. I'll just interject if he responds. Cool. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. What, you don't want to wait? <laughs> Tell your resident, just everybody just quietly wait? For no, I, I don't, you actually. Don't? Oh, okay. I, feel like, I feel like I'd get some emails about that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't need that I don't need that kind of... I don't either. ...kind of heat, man. Like, uh, it's Christmas. I want to feel good. Like, crying out loud. Should we talk about... Let's talk about fly, fly sparging versus batch sparging. <laughs> this, uh, so this is part of our uh, re-examine series where we are going back and looking at these uh, very trite homebrew debates and uh, you know, just kind of revisiting them. Um, Andy, it is uh, 312 from Goose Island Brewing Company. Um, and yeah, so uh, the statement here is... Um, fly sparging uh, will always yield better extraction than batch sparging, so fly sparging should always be what you want to do. Right? Like, that, 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 that should be the end goal, right, is to fly sparge. Um, so let's start with, what is fly sparging, Brian? So fly sparging is when you've got some kind of rinsing mechanism. Um, I guess when I was... 
brewing. Um, I had a couple different mash tuns, and I used them for different things. So I used that classic orange Gatorade cooler that was circular, and then I also had a square cooler, and I had both of them fit uh, with sparge arms that clipped on to the side. Um, And at the time, um, I had taken some copper um, pipe, some copper tubing, and I had just taken like a, a chop saw and just cut little, like little skinny little slices all the way around the circumference of the circle. I went to a hose that, that <clears throat> rinsed. And so sparging is just, is basically a fancy way of saying you're rinsing the grain out. You're rinsing all those, all that good, those good sugar chains all the way down to the bottom so we can collect it and push it into the, into the kettle. We're, we're loudering. We're, uh, at that point where louder is again a fancy way of saying separating liquid from solid so uh we push uh hot water over it and this is a we have to calculate how much water we're using for the for the whole batch so we only want to push slowly enough water to rinse and then meet up with say our you know seven gallons to boil six to get five finished if that makes sense to everybody or 19 liters for finished for our international folks um in any case the and then the the circle one i made with copper was the same as the the square one i made with copper and i just used copper elbows and then made cuts all along it so it would evenly rinse it and then we could louder it out does that make sense yeah Cool. Um, so advantages of fly sparging, I mean, it has the potential for better extraction, mm-hmm, which uh, better extraction means fewer ingredients required, which for larger batches, like once you get past like the five, 10 gallon, mm-hmm. um, like that, that's money. Like it's more than, you know, a few cents in grain. It, maybe, maybe sprinkling is a better word than rinsing. And I guess like what the, the, one of the best things is that it, this really pre- prevents channeling. Mm-hmm. Um, in in your um, in your grain bed, so that so that all of those good sugar chains get rinsed. Well, so I would say you have a you have a higher chance of channeling with fly sparging than you do with batch sparging. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Definitely. with batch sparging, channeling is not really an issue. Yeah, I guess we could we could kind of talk about if we're still talking about fly sparging, we could kind of talk about the water flow. And so your goal is to kind of match the flow of the water going into the ton with the flow of the work going into the brew kettle mm-hmm. too. Um, that's kind of a delicate balance too. And that that's um that's one where when you're on your you know if you're listening and maybe you're like thinking about doing your first batch, it's a delicate dance. It's a it's a it's a a tough it's, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard. Uh, they make uh, I know Blickman makes like a sparge arm that that has a float has stop a float. on it. Yep. Um, which which helps. Uh, basically, you want to try to get that down to about half a quart a minute. Yeah, and you're um, like the the best sugar extraction rate is is when um, when you've got that even exchange, and then also um, you want to make sure that all your spigots are not open all the way. <laughs> At any point in time, this isn't a this isn't a time to full 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 throttle your your spigots. So you got to pay attention to that flow rate. Keep a constant eye on the amount of wort being collected and adjust that flow rate if you're collecting too quickly or too slowly. Yep. Um, often, you know, you'll th- this is a this is why we don't drink until cold side. 
because this is really a thing that you want to be paying attention to, and you want to continuously monitor the runoff, too, by taking gravity checks with your hydrometer, your refractometer, and cut that sparge when it, and it reaches, um, you know, right right around 1010, 10, I think, is probably a good, yeah. a good happy place to be. And then over-rinsing or with too hot is going to leach tannins and other undesirable grain compounds, like you're, you might push some stuff into the boil that when it gets boiled it's going to make your, your beer taste weird alright um, and then batch sparging so this is the same idea as fly sparging but you don't need a, the sparge arm um, obviously I think we've said it's way better to fly than it is to batch um, batch sparging allows you to save time because you can kind of you can open all those spigots all the way uh, you don't have to monitor the flow rate um, so well um, part of that is so you you drain off your mash tun essentially mm-hmm. uh, al- almost all the way not fully all the way because you don't want to like you know you don't want to completely empty it but then you pour in all of your sparge water all the rest of the sparge and water give, give it a stir a quick stir um, and let it sit for ten to fifteen minutes and then yep. check, drain again and then check yeah we'll check gravity too and then mm-hmm. if you're too low you can you could add some more on top and then add a little more. Yeah. Water, like, recycle that. So mm-hmm. most of the time, um, all-grain brewers, uh, or I'm sorry, if if a person's using a batch sparge, it's to save time, really. You don't yep. really lose a ton of efficiency. No, you, you don't. Um, um, it's also less uh, less equipment, which is huge. Like, too, like if you're in your kitchen in an apartment yep. on, the, um, on the fourth floor, like my friend Chad was back in the day. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a much easier process if you're new to all-grain. Like it's because you have you you're just you just have your like cooler mash tun and another vessel and you're just pouring into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just yeah you don't you don't lose much. It's faster. It's a slightly lower yield. Can be lower yield. But yeah. that but that's assuming you have your fly sparge dialed in, right? Yeah, and like I said, that's if you know that that's a it's a dance. It's a it's a it can be a tough thing, especially if you're just starting out. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to really, if you really want the opinion of the people sitting at the table here, it's should you fly a sparge or batch sparge? We we would choose fly sparge. I don't know, man. I I would. I I've kind of like I've I've gone back and forth. Um, with I've, with I've your Bruzilla equipment, can you do both? Um, with my, with my Bruzilla, it is, uh, so with the Bruzilla, I fly. Okay. Um, with my, uh, with my cooler kettle setup, I batch. Okay. Just because of the way the setup is, it's yeah. just way easier to do a batch sparge with, sure. with that. And then. So, I mean, if you do well, have. And then I, I also do a, a recirculating, like, so I, I also recirc the mat and it's a whole thing. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, so if you, if you can only batch sparge, it's fine. There are ways to, um. You know, catch your efficiency. So. Um, uh, Andy's wondering. Uh, so jugs of water into the top of the Brusilla counts as uh, fly sparge, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he brews with? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's um, neat to know that he brews with the same thing you do. It's. Uh, I mean, it's a great system. Like more mm-hmm. people, like these all-in-one um, brew in a bag systems are so popular right now. Damn, for a you reason. guys are gonna make me buy one of those now, aren't you? <laughs> you gotta. You gotta just come brew on mine one of these days. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, so what I would do, Andy, is um, like, and I'm not sure what what you're doing now, but if you can find a way to like set up a a, a second container that slowly drains into 
the the like that that grain basket instead of um instead of just dumping or like just pouring it on the top that would that that helps a ton um with your with some of your efficiency um i have i i use my pump going from my mash tun uh to or like i guess it's an hlt when i'm using it like that um to uh to the top there and it just it just slowly trickles in um but, did he check in about the urban wheat, yes or? uh he did uh not the 312 but they can get the ipa so okay we'll grab the goose island ipa one of these days yeah that one's not terrible i had was at a um minnesota wild hockey game recently and had one and it was it, i mean I'm, I'm assuming that if it's fresh it's it's pretty good mm-hmm you know, I gotta believe that, like when Budweiser purchased them, that there's still good people working there. And I yeah. feel like that uh, about every brewery that gets bought by some large entity, there's still good good folks working there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So sparging, I mean, use whatever works for you. Just remember, if you are uh, continuously washing the like grain or like doing like some any kind of continuous sparging, speed matters. Um, with so and something like the Bruzilla, it's hard because there's no valve to control the flow on the bo- on the on the bottom of the grain bed. Right. Um, it just it's just free free flowing out of the bottom of the basket. So the only thing controlling the flow is your grain bed and what you're putting in. And so that's that's a little interesting thing about brewing the bag is you don't quite have that that fine control that you do with the three vessel system. Absolutely. All right. Anything you'd like to add on Sparge? I got nothing, man. Gordon, do you have any questions? No. Well, they, you answered the one question I had, whether we did uh, batch or fly with uh, Big Oaf back in the day, but that was on your orange cooler. <laughs> yep, that's a batch. <laughs> Old school orange cooler. Old school. <laughs> I have fly. I do sometimes fly Sparge. Like, I shouldn't say that. I do sometimes fly Sparge on that one, too. Actually, I think we fly. Uh, did a fly Sparge with Big Oaf. Yeah, um, yeah, because I had the that beer was crazy good though. I want to make another another iteration of it one of these here days. Beast. Well, you know, once you get your brew system set up, uh, you you definitely can. Um. All right, let's uh, find the button. Brian, where'd you put the button? I what? Found it. He tried to hide it from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnewsstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blindnewsstudios. And see you guys next week. Peace.